I am questioning you as part of the investigation so that we can bring this individual to justice. And he freezes. Like, everything freezes. Uh... Except the three of you. Hello, hello, my three academic adventurers. Mr. Red, I assume. I am here as a representative to offer a formal apology. Tell your employer until they can come back with a very clear set of instructions on what it is that you want us to do. We're just going to keep being us. I can take them that message. It's not our fault. We got attacked. We can't control the actions of other people. Exactly. We can control what we do afterwards. And now we continue. join Potentia at Beastie Burger, sitting at a table, reading the student newspaper, the Dawning News, when Harold and Meredith arrive as well. Potentia, there are some interesting things in this newspaper which have caught your eye. Mm-hmm. Um, the first thing is breaking news, kobold kerfuffle. Griffin Hall chef claims kobold stole turkey. I think as she reads that particular headline, she probably just rolls her eyes, being like, oh, this is what makes news at on this campus. Great. Sounds fun. Further down the newspaper, you spot two headlines that are much more relevant to you. Creepy crawly teleporter, phase spider seen on campus, and spirited surprise, ghost attack spirit moon festival party on campus. Mm-hmm. The Spirited Surprise story in particular lists that three unknown heroes stepped up to fight the ghost, but were unavailable for comment. Okay. There are some other stories as well. Um, Cubes fight vampires. Tomorrow night's Mugby match, the Ferromasters Gelatinous Cubes playing against the Thelodor vampires. Mm-hmm. Um, and would potentially be interested in, in like... The prophecies section of the no. paper, or would that be? Yeah, no. Okay. <laughs> I, I I feel like sh- that's the kind of section she would just be like, oh no, uh, and like flick straight past. Um, okay, not uh, her there's thing. a section in the back of the paper listing things on sale. Okay, uh, oh. so you're you're reading as Harold and Meredith have walked in. You haven't ordered anything yet. Nope. She's probably, like, head down in this newspaper, like, not mm-hmm. really paying attention to her surroundings, as the two of you would be aware she does. Harold will spot you. I'd probably just um, slide in opposite um, where Potentia is. She probably flicks her eyes, like, over the top of the newspaper, sort of nods and goes back to, to reading. Hey, Potentia, anything interesting? Uh, seems like you're getting a bit of a name for yourself. Me? You know how you, someone folds a newspaper to, like, display a particular article to someone? 
Mm-hmm. She folds up the newspaper and hands it so that the uh, spirited surprise article is uh, front and center. Ah! Mm. I mean, I didn't even realize there was anybody, any of the reporters there. I think that's kind of the point. I don't know that um, um, Thomas makes much of a name for himself, kind of disappears and appears out of corners. I mean, it's very nice of him to write something like that. I assume that his is the byline that is on that particular article. It is, yes. Yeah. His, his is the byline on all of the Every articles. Article. I mean, they don't mention any of us by name. That's lucky. Yes, it is lucky. She's sort of got that very stiff thing of like, I did not agree to get involved in this adventuring stuff. What are you doing to me? <laughs> <laughs> Things just keep happening to us, Potentia. It's not like we go looking for stuff like this. Hmm. We don't, do we? I'm sure we don't go looking for adventure, says someone who is a member of an adventurer's guild and who took someone else, and she pointedly looks at Harold, to an adventurer's guild to look for an adventure that then caused us to be in the middle of the street dealing with, well, n- nothing I'm particularly happy about. Potentia, we didn't go there necessarily to to get on an adventure. We went there to get information. And in order to get the information, we had to, you know, sign up and go through the motions. Um, as it happens, um, they're going to look into this Dust of Chalk fellow for us um, because of this, actually. Um, I don't know how much it will turn up. I don't know how often this Dust of Chalk person is at the guild, but um, it may turn up something at least. Hmm. Meredith is making her best, like, innocent eyes <laughs> at Potentia. Yes? She's, she's like, quite clearly <laughs> to you. You don't need to investigate or insight this. She's not happy that yesterday she was sitting in a perfectly ordinary cafe attempting to eat and gets blown up, basically. Well, yeah, I don't think any of us were very happy about that, to be entirely fair. How is everyone doing, by the way? Well, I mean, how are you doing, Meredith? You seem to um, catch the worst of it. Luckily, I think Potentia and I, you know, got a good view of what was going on and managed to uh, duck out the way. But, um... Oh, I'm, um... I mean, I'm all healed physically. Mentally, I think it's going to take a little while to shake it off, but... Hmm. Yes, I think I that's mean, pretty healthy. You know, I think what worries me is that, um... It's a very extreme action, you know, to, to I mean, to cast a spell like that in, in broad daylight uh, with so many people around, you know, one has to, you know, has to be very zealous in order to perform an action like that. And it, it does worry me slightly that, you know, these people are willing to go to such lengths over, you know, what essentially is a, is a, is a trinket. You know, I'm, I'm sure this sink hand is very interesting, but it's it's just a hand at the end of the day. I'm, I'm not sure, you know, anything could be worth what they did. No, they definitely went too far. I don't think anybody's arguing about that. That's not the kind of spell that you fling around it ever. Unless you're defending yourself. No, ever. You don't fling it around. You have a very pointed use of it, sure, but you don't fling it around like that. Not in the middle of a crowded street. Mm. Seems to me that, I don't know, like if you look at it from their perspective, it smacks of desperation. It's almost like we pushed him to the edge, but I don't understand why he would react that 
severely because it just seems like every time we come up against them we're at the wrong place at the wrong time and I can understand why that would be really frustrating but I don't know I think there's something else going on in the background it just doesn't make sense that they would react that suddenly and that viciously for no reason well, you know, I, I think I, I was talking about it yesterday. At, you know, when we first encountered them in the library, they seemed to be in some kind of internal struggle with mm. with someone. I don't know who, of course, but, you know, we, we never saw anybody else. But they were arguing with somebody. And it, it seems like that that person has a lot of influence over them. I, I wonder, honestly, if the, this dust of chalk was being coerced or under some kind of duress. I mean, that that's why I kind of wanted to talk to them, really, because I I thought that maybe we might have a chance to, to I don't know, like rescue them from their situation before things, you know, got out of hand. But as it was, we never got that chance, so... Did they end up catching Dust of Chalk, Ben? Not as far as you know. Okay. I mean, from what I talked to Bonin about yesterday, I can't believe it was only yesterday... The intelligence network of whatever this organization is, is, in a word, vast, but they're lower level members who I would assume this dust of chalk is, tend to only know one person above them and may not know what their actions have anything to do with. They are given tasks, they acquire information, it... We, we may never know what they want this hand for. We may never know what they want us for. But that potential just sort of like sits back in her chair, just like resignedly. You guys have had a very busy, rough week. If this is Friday, a week ago, you were preparing to go to Harold's party. Mm-hmm. Good grief. Saturday, you had the spirited evening. Monday, you went traveling to the, the Wandering Peak Oh, it's only Tuesday been a week. morning. You fought the golem. Okay. It's been a rough week for the. It three is hundred percent showing on Potentia's mm. face how rough the last week has been. Um, she's like quite clearly this was never her plan was to get involved in something like this. This was not. You came to this university to do a PhD. Yes. You know we all this did. Has not right. Going to plan. No. Maybe it's gone somewhat to plan for Harold in terms of finding adventure. She she came to this university far away from home to do her PhD. She has no support system here, which like is a massive thing. That's a massive thing in academia, right? Like that people who Mm -hmm. do travel a long way away to do PhDs, the stresses of what happens during their studies can be massive. And it's, you know, something that people I think forget from time Mm -hmm. to time is what that distance can do to someone. Mm, definitely. Almost to completely contrast the situation of your, your discussion, outside the window, something strange is happening. In the, the kind of food court area that you're in, a large green cube, what you quickly realize is actually just a costume, is walking through the, the area kind of waving about in a, a jovial manner. This is something Harold's quite familiar with. He's seen the Ferromaster's gelatinous cube many times. Uh, this is probably the first time Potentia and Meredith have seen the mascot costume on campus walking around. It looks like a felt cube 
with legs sticking out the bottom and then appearing almost at random out of the costume are green gloved arms. Yeah. That wave and like shake people's hands. Does and he things. have little white? Does he have little white like glove hands <laughs> like that famous mouse from that particular franchise that I won't bring up on account of we don't mm. want to get copyright struck? No, these are these are meant to represent uh, gelatinous cube like pseudopods. So they are just completely the same color, and it looks like it's it's got these little holes cut out with elasticized fabric so as the hand retracts into the cube it like the hole seals up so luckily this person doesn't have to turn their entire body to reach out in front of them if they want to they can just retract an arm and then pull an arm out the front that's some very interesting costume based engineering i love it and they are waving around does it have a face it does have a face it has uh eyes and a mouth and it's it's just a permanent smile on it is it like Cartoony mascot, smile and mouth. Hundred percent. Yes. It's a cartoony mascot uh, face with a mouth and eyes, um, and it's like dancing about in the middle of the, the square. <laughs> so Meredith is just gonna like pause with her burger like halfway out to her mouth and just stare for a second and then go, "Well, that's legitimately terrifying." Yes, I know. Of all of the things you could choose for a mascot, I'm not really sure why for a mustard chose a cube. Maybe the founder of the university had some affinity for them or something. I know that we have an oozeologist actually on on campus. They're they're very into uh, oozes um, of all kinds, not just the cubed kind. There are many actually. It turns out, I in my undergraduate actually, I did a whole um, you know like lecture on them. There's there are like cube versions and there are like puddle versions and yes, there are all sorts of oozes. It turns out uh, there is somebody wearing the Ferromastus uh, red and gold colors, handing out flyers as well. Uh, it's a no- it's actually like a very, very muscular gnome uh, who Meredith may recognize as Sigurd. I was going to ask. Handing out, ah! handing out flyers and like helping escort this costume <laughs> around. <laughs> Is there like a little mesh thing underneath the mouth so the guy who's wearing the costume can see. I'm not entirely sure where the mesh is, no, no. but it, it... I But I can tell you, I bet it's in the big smile. It's like above the tongue, <laughs> below the teeth. Like, <laughs> but I can tell you. <laughs> Past jobs, what? <laughs> oh, no. Uh, but as you're, you're watching this, three people in... They look like parody costumes of adventurers... Like with 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 um, like a rubber sword and rubber shield and things uh, have have come up to to do battle with this cube and they're engaging in a mock battle. So they're laughing. Live action. Live yeah, action role playing. Definitely. They are laughing by definitely. technical yeah. definition. <laughs> by technical definition, they are having a mock battle with this cube. Uh, as you sit there eating your meal and watching this spectacle outside, uh, the cube gets the upper hand with some very dramatic, like, swipes with its its pseudopod fake uh, arms and uh, knocks the adventurers down. Then it moves over them and, like, crouches down to encompass them. <laughs> And then it very slowly, almost as if the person with the costume is straining, stands up, leaving just the gear on the ground. The people <laughs> are seemingly gone. 
Meredith is like licking her fingers and finishing off her burger after watching all of this kind of thing. And she just kind of takes a sip of a drink and then looks at the other two and goes, do you think, do you think they're getting paid for this? Or is this like a volunteer kind of Gosh, thing? Gosh, I hope they're getting paid. They're probably getting yeah. uh, credit. Oh, good. I mean, goodness knows they could be members of your bardic society. There could be a bunch of performers hiding in, hiding under those suits. Oh, but that's Sig over there, remember? Yes, little barbarian boy. Mm. Um, he he's collecting the the gear as the the cube costume slowly shuffles its way, uh, perhaps to disgorge the people it has currently got inside of it in a place that doesn't <laughs> you know immediately be seen by all these. It people. almost makes you wonder why they haven't got someone who can do Dimension Door to assist them with this particular endeavor. Yeah, it does kind of seem like they went to a lot of trouble when it really could have just... I mean, I have a a soft spot for physical effects, but still. (laughs) I wonder who made it. Harold has no idea. He's seen this costume for his entire undergrad. He's seen this costume Mm -hmm. take a beating multiple times. And it looks like whatever this costume is made of is very resistant to damage. But it's just kind of always been around. It was was old when, when Harold started. I wonder if some enchanter, you know, has weaved their magic into it so that it, it is, um, cause you know how like magical items tend to be a little more resistant to, uh, mm. aging and damage, you, you know, how like artifacts can survive millennia and still maintain their properties. I wonder, mm. you know, if, if, if at some point in the university's history, they roped in an enchanter to, um, perhaps that's how they can, um, you know, engorge all these people and still walk around, you know, who, who knows what kind of weird spatial contortions are going on inside that costume. Well, they've got someone like Gore underneath there. I feel like he could probably lift most of campus. <laughs> uh, yes, I imagine so. Can Potential look at the, like, per, like at the person in the suit, essentially, like, without, and just kind of figure out whether she thinks it could be Gore? given that they've spent some time, like... Okay. Um, like, does she actually think me, it's gore? Give me an insight check. Three. <laughs> mm. No, she can't tell at all. Can't, cannot tell. Okay. Come on. I tried. As you're sitting there finishing up your meals, Harold will spot at uh, the back of the newspaper something that involves the necromancy department, which just kind of catches his eye. Are you finished with that potential? Here you go, Harold. All right, have a look. Uh, it appears to be in the the personal kind of selling ads um, from the necromancy department. Someone there named Mortimer has placed an ad that just says, "Got bones?" Question mark. I want them, all of them. They don't have to be yours. Well, that's sinister. Huh? Bones. Oh my gosh! You know, uh, you know. After a little run-in with that um, dinosaur, one has to wonder what they would want with a pile of bones. Practice. Yeah, I find it's best not to think too much about stuff like that. Oh come on! You, at least you, we've all done a little bit of necromancy at some point in our lives, surely. Can Meredith just like look at Potentia and go, mm, no? Well, anytime anyone is spared from dying or brought back to life in a good way, that's technically necromancy. I'm sure Harold's sister has seen plenty of it. I'm sure in your adventuring days you've had people 
spared from death. You're right, absolutely. Doesn't make it any less creepy. That's subjective. Yeah, absolutely. I mean, it depends on who does it and when. I don't know that it should, though. I suppose different magic has different feels to it as well. Hmm. No, no, she's she, like she's fully aware. She's, that's the, her mm. point is that her perspective is that it's not mm. like I, I I understand that, but there are time, there are as you say times and places where it's important, and the, the only way for someone to be ready to do such a thing is to be able to practice in a safe way, and a university is such a safe environment. Hmm. Absolutely. No, I, there are definitely, you know, times when it's appropriate, but there are definitely times when it's inappropriate. Of course, but I doubt that the necromancy department is a place and time where that is inappropriate. It'd be the same as asking the clerics to give back the cadavers. Fair. How did we get onto this conversation? The newspaper. Harold, how invested are you in this conversation between Potentia and Meredith? (laughs) Oh, I'm, I'm, I've not even been listening. Like I've been eating my burger. Um, so I want to say time. that you've you've been like doing that thing where if you ever were a child and you're like I just want to read something while I'm eating and you like read the cereal box or something. Yeah. Mm-hmm. Um, I'd like to say that you've read uh, the monthly prophecy on the paper. Yeah, sure. Which is when the shrouded is revealed, the elder sister shall bring forth a new evil. Hmm. But these papers always have prophecies and and predictions about the future how accurate they are is up for much debate yes but in a world with magic and the ability to foresee things there's a bit of power to to them Hmm. just a little bit more just a little bit more than you'll meet a tall dark stranger (laughs) Mm. um probably like seeing that this conversation about necromancy has ended and wanting something new to talk about um harold will say do any of you ever read these um prophecies no no i i find them rather entertaining to be honest um i remember there was this one prophecy column where all the time the prophecy would constantly be you know about some impending grim evil you know some like shadow of a dog or some such anyway this one, it just reminded me, because this one is, is a little portentous too. Um, this Apparently this week, you know, it says, When the shrouded is revealed, the elder sister shall bring forth a new evil. It's very dramatic, isn't Come it? Come on, Harold. I don't know, I mean, I'm... It's very I don't dramatic. Really, you know, I don't really believe in prophecies, but it, it just... Don't you find it at least a little entertaining to, like, you know, have a read? I mean, I feel like the more you read something ironically, the less it becomes ironic. And the more you kind of actually unconsciously start setting more stock in it than you actually do. Or should. Yes, maybe. But, uh, you know, life can be so boring sometimes. I I just, (laughs) um, you know, reading the prophecy column, it gives me a good chuckle. Yeah, but these things are always so vague, right? Deliberately vague. You can always end up looking back on the week and going, well, okay, cool. Well, that absolutely fit with what this thing said and it could fit so many different opportunities. Oh, of course. I mean, the mind is very powerful, as we know. Mm-hmm. Why, Harold? Do you think we need to go and visit your sister or something ridiculous? No, I don't think so. I mean, I don't... Um, I don't know. Uh, you know, I, I mean, the, the word, you know, the words shrouded are very, as you say, vague and could be, a, you know, could pertain to anything. I mean... 
you can shroud many things and the definition of shroud can cover mm. all sorts. The guy in the cube costume, for instance, is very shrouded. That's true. We have no idea who's in that thing at all. Maybe we should wait to go and visit your sister until they, that guy's revealed. I was being facetious, but sure. <laughs> I mean, perhaps that can be our new quest. You know, we can follow around the, the, the gelatinous cube <gasps> fellow or, or gal or, or yes. whoever. And um, we can find out their identity. And then, and then, hear me out, then we visit my sister and stop her from unleashing some horrible evil. <gasps> how do we evil. even know it's your sister, well, Harold? I mean, Potentia, do you have an older sister? No. It could be my older sister. Well, we just, we'll never why don't know. we visit them both? I mean, we wouldn't want some evil to come forth, <gasps> mm. you know? Mm-hmm. Like, Yep, absolutely. <laughs> They're like full on riffing now. <laughs> Imagine the kinds of evil my sister could unleash onto the world, you know, wearing brown on a Tuesday or, um, you know, I who know. even knows? My sister Carol. grows flowers for Carol. a living. I mean, just... What does oh. your sister do for a living? She's a cleric. She heals people and, and such. Mm-hmm. Yeah. Um, Meredith, what were we just mm-hmm. discussing about the about the potential uses of necromancy? Meredith's eyes widen and she like mock kind of goes <gasps> gasp. Fine. Mock me. <laughs> uh, she's going to steal the newspaper back and go back to reading articles. She's done now. <laughs> she tried. She's done. Fair enough. In that way of like friends being like, I'm not dealing with you right now. I'm reading my paper. Yeah. Yeah. <laughs> you all suck. <laughs> Uh, you actually, Potentia, will remember that there's a, a lecture that you wanted to check out today, the, the Fundamentals of the Arcane. Mm-hmm. Yep. Uh, which should be starting probably half an hour from now. Well, best not sit around all day. I might get myself something to go, and I'm going to go check out a first-year lecture that I might potentially end up TAing for. So you're welcome oh. to come with if you'd like to, but... I feel like you both have better things to do with your day. My guess is that, Harold, you're utterly uninterested in sitting through a lecture of a unit you've probably already taken. My suggestion would be perhaps, well, Meredith, you can also choose to go do something else, I suppose, if you would like. Uh, And we meet Mm. up later. It's it's supposed to be an hour long or something. So give me an hour plus, say, 15 or 20 minutes just to make sure that I've spoken to the lecturer and so on and so forth. And then I'm happy to meet you up somewhere later. Uh, your choice. Yes, that makes sense. I mean, I have no desire to go uh, sit in some lecture. I, I thought I escaped those when I graduated, to be honest. I'm, one of the great things about being a postgraduate is my lack of obligations and, uh, you know, needing to go to lectures and, and so forth. Um, you know, self-directed study suits me a lot more, to be honest. I was never... A particular studious undergraduate. Um, Welcome to why you'll never be a TA, Harold. Well, you actually don't need to be a great student to be a good teacher, actually. I've, you know. But um, I think uh, I uh, need to, I need to uh, maybe catch up with Vryn. Um, It's been a while since we played monster battles, but, um, or I don't know if he's around, but I'm going to go check out the the card game club and then, um, yeah. Maybe just the major solicitor then. It's on campus. It's not far for you to walk after the lecture. Sounds fine. Uh, Meredith, are you going to come with or are you going to go something else? No, I think my massive reading list is calling my name. 
I need to go and take things go off. The, why did you take your reading to the major solicitor and bags us a table? Well, I was thinking about that actually. I might do that. All right. Well, I'll I'll go and I'll go and sit in on this lecture. And uh, fundamentals of the arcane sounds fascinating. Ooh. But you know, money's money, right? Pretty much. Have fun. Hmm. Uh, the three of you go your separate ways, agreeing to meet up later. Hey, Joe here. If you've been enjoying the show, we'd love it if you could rate and review the podcast on your app of choice. While you're at it, why not recommend the show to a friend? It really helps us spread the word about the show. If you want to learn more about the world of Dungeons and Doctorates or submit questions and messages, check out dndoctorates.com. That's dndoctorates.com. And now, back to the action. We'll follow Potentia across to the lecture mm-hmm. um, where she slides in the back somewhere, I'm guessing. Uh, assuming she can get in through the back door of the lecture hall, she'd probably mm-hmm. take a seat sort of like on at the back on the side because everyone who's ever been to a big, massive lecture knows that that's like clear that you're there, but also not obtrusive in any way um, mm-hmm. if you sit up there. Yeah, this is you can uh, one of the biggest lectures uh, lecture theaters on campus because it is a fundamental unit for everyone studying magic uh, as the name fundamentals of the arcane would imply this is all old hat news for you mm-hmm. you've you've been through this kind of stuff decades in ago. my previous in my previous studies decades ago and like over a decade ago yeah mm-hmm. uh, but partway through the lecture your supervisor comes in Mm -hmm. as a guest to talk about the the benefits of studying in the school of conjuration Mm -hmm. Uh, and he begins by showing off slightly conjuring a number of things you just watch it like if you were watching her you just see a small smirk of like of course you're doing that show off um and it's it's quite a show he makes of it Mm. as well um he it's quite a performance summoning chairs standing up onto them climbing a ladder that he conjured summoning his familiar briefly teleporting across the room swapping places with people those kinds of things Mm -hmm. Uh, he describes the school of conjuration as a great way to uh, enhance your studies and travel the world Um, it's a great school of of magic if you like going on long trips this is the first time you've seen him actually teach in any kind of capacity. Mm. And he is much flashier than you expected. Yeah. And probably than I am used to as well. Mm. Uh, but you would understand there is some amount of showmanship here to get people interested in the school of magic. Mm. Yeah. Um, you don't necessarily win the hearts and minds of students by going through like the the rigors of yeah it's an inspire and engage moment rather than a uh like intent to teach a whole bunch of very deep concept stuff exactly exactly this is the first semester of the year as well so these uh magic students haven't even chosen what kind of school of magic they want to Mm. uh progress into and you also notice that there are a number of students in this lecture who seemingly just do not care Mm-hmm. They are the ones who are kind of sitting up at the back of the lecture. Mm-hmm. Give me an insight check. Eight. Uh, so, so insightful today. So insightful. Mm-hmm. 
Um, you do remember that this is a, a fundamental unit that all magic mm-hmm. users need to take. So maybe these aren't wizards. There might be something else who mm-hmm. aren't going to be able to specialize into a school of magic. Mm-hmm. It's still an interest. Like it's still a, a good performance, but it's just not super interesting for them. Can I, for my own amusement, because she's bored by the content of the lecture in that like she's kind of done it before effectively or a version mm-hmm. of it but um you know is still paying attention um can i conjure mage hand like on the gr- i want to conjure it on the ground behind the chair that like the mm-hmm. one in the one in the middle is sitting in okay are we about to see some potential shenanigans yeah. <laughs> cuz that would be amazing um roll a perception yep I mean, it's a spectral thing, so it doesn't actually like. I don't know. Really it's, it's it's a ghostly hand appearing. Might draw yeah. some eyes if someone sees it. Yeah, that's why I was like, you said the back row, so I was like behind their chair, mm-hmm. and no one's gonna see it. Um, and I just want it to uh, like crawl up the back of the person's chair and like thing from that that well-known um, ballad of the family of Adams. Mm. Um, <laughs> just like have it like perch on like the middle ones shoulder and do the little the little thing like bouncy wiggle thing i can't mm-hmm. explain mm-hmm. what that is but if you see if you if you know of the ballad of the family of adams you will you will be aware of what what i am referring to um okay i'm gonna call him a boy the boy sitting next to this this student at the corner of the eye notices it and instinctively like swats it away mm-hmm <laughs> and and just yells spider. <laughs> um, I'm fairly sure I can immediately dismiss it. So, can I just dismiss it? Yeah, he can do that. Um, yeah. yeah. So as soon as he like swats it, I don't want him to make contact with it. I want to dismiss it like as his hand goes to hit it. If that makes sense. Oh no! Hang on. So he fully slaps his friend in the face. <laughs> Yelling spider. <laughs> Expected to make contact with something, <laughs> didn't, kept going. Um, a yeah. minor disruption in this lecture. Just a, just a minor, minor disruption. disruption. Cool. Mm-hmm. Um, just as the lecture comes to a close and that, um, that like group goes to leave, mm-hmm. as she is walking down to like have a conversation with the lecturer or whatever. Mm-hmm. Um, she just wants to go go past and be like, goodness me, spiders come from everywhere. And then just like keep walking. Like no comment about what that means. Just like. Uh, the the one who did the slapping like stops and looks at you before the, the, I've the kept push going. of people no, continues yeah. them up the, the stairs and out of the building. Mm-hmm. Cool. Um, so Professor Chant is talking with the lecturer who you haven't met before. No. Nope. Um, she uh, looks to be human in her 30s maybe mm-hmm. you suspect that maybe they've been stuck teaching this lecture as well mm-hmm. and as you you walk up Professor Chant sees you Potentia hello I didn't notice you back there afternoon um, and she like looks at the lecturer sort of with that sort of uh, introduction please oh like. sorry um, this is Professor uh, Joachim charmed She's teaching the fundamentals of arcane unit here. 
Mm. She looks over. Hello, it's nice to meet you. And to you. Uh, so you're a, a student of, of Williams? Yes, uh, first year PhD, yes. So what brings you to this first year unit? And, and press a chant. I, I invited her. She's uh, someone I'm uh, thinking could be a TA for the, for the unit. Oh, that's good. We do need some more uh, teaching assistants to help tutor you some of these subjects. Hmm. Some of these first years are a little rough around the edges, magically speaking. Yes, I noticed a bit of a kerfuffle in the back row, for want of a better word. Yeah, it's those those sorcerers again. Hmm. Born with an ability to do magic, not interested in learning the, the fundamentals of it. Maybe one day they'll learn about the things that they could do if they just applied themselves. Something about gifted and talented individuals who try who just who just breeze through life without trying. Ressa Yokum crosses her arms. Yeah. I mean, it seems like the university mostly just wants to teach them not to throw fire in the wrong direction. Potentia has no response. Like, she has an internal response to that, but no external response to that. There's a quiet that sits over the conversation mm. for a moment. Professor Chant. So, Potentia, what did you think of um, my little demonstration there of the benefits of studying conjuration? I mean, it was... Different to what I expected from you, but then again, I don't know what, exactly what I expected. And it, it being a first-year lecture, my my guess is that you went for um, full "Wow, look at what I can do" effect, rather than necessarily a um, detailed delving into the. Well, I think the students who want to study conjuration at its deepest levels probably already know they want to do that. So my goal here today was just to capture the hearts of students who were still on the fence about what they want to progress their studies in. Of course, inspiring and engaging those who have yet to be captured by any particular or charmed by any particular form of magic. Um, yes. Definitely. So I will leave you with Professor Chant and Professor Yokum. Yeah, we probably have a small conversation, like, like keep having a bit of a conversation and then I'd find an opportunity to excuse myself and head once okay. I sort of realise what the time is. That's fair. Uh, let's cross campus and re- rewind time an hour to get back to Harold, who has arrived at the Card Game Society's little room that they've managed to eke out for themselves. Um, as you get there, there's five people playing this card game, one of which you recognise from the Adventurers Guild, Mm-hmm. And they're engaging in some kind of five-player multi-battle situation. And Vryn has just placed down a card which has caused some dis- distraction and uh, pain to the other players. Claps his hands. That's game. I'm lethal. That's it. Harold! Vryn! Looks like you're showing them how it's done, as always. Uh, he'll stand up and he'll like, walk over. Yeah, it turns out that some of the adventurers have a bunch of cash and are interested in this sort of game. So I mentioned it to... He, he points to the adventurer who you recognize from the guild. You uh, met last night while telling your story, but you didn't get the name. I mentioned it to my friend here and he got into it and started telling some of his guild friends little club is starting to grow. Yes, nice. You didn't um, torture them with some long combination piece, did you by any chance? No, no, we're just playing some King's games right now. It's a five-player free-for-all. Oh, I see. 
Would you like to join in? We have some king's decks you could play with. I'll give it a go. Um, sure, why not? It's a little different to how you've usually played. It's 100 cards. Every card's different. It's a lot of fun. I see. Okay. Well, uh, yes. Go on then. Uh, let's have a look. And so you will jump in for a couple rounds of monster battle kings. Mm-hmm. Is there anything that Harold would like to do um, during this these battles or afterwards? Probably just, um, you know, have a few games because obviously Harold is new to monster battles and doesn't, you know, like he, he's played the one-on-one version, but the the sort of, you know, multiplayer singleton mm. version is new to him. Uh, and so he'll probably sort of try and observe, see if he can sort of figure out, uh, you know, like what kind of strategies people are using and sort of what seems to be successful. And then mm. after, you know, once sort of things finish, um, just sort of, uh, you know, hit Vryn up and be like, Vryn, um, I know it's been a little while. You wouldn't believe the week that I've had, um, but we should catch up again. Um, you know, test out our decks and see um, see how things go. I know I beat you last time. I, I, I rather think that might have been beginner's luck, though. Um, I haven't had chance to pick up any new cards, but I, I may find myself uh, over in the artisan district at some point and, you know, supplement my deck um, and we should, uh, yeah, you know, we should catch up and have another proper battle sometime soon. Definitely. Definitely. There's actually a tournament coming up soon that I'm trying to get people to go to. I'd love to help workshop your, your deck and then you can come along to that. Yes, that sounds uh, great, actually. Where's the um, tournament, if I might ask? It's being run by some wizards who live on the coast. Oh, you don't say? Yeah, it should be a good time. Awesome. Well, yes, no, I I look forward to it. Um, We should carpool, I guess, or whatever the, you know, carriage pool. I wouldn't want to walk. Yeah, that would work. I mean, a couple people traveling together, same direction. At this point, uh, the... Adventurer that you now know, his name is Westby. Mm. The you played a couple of games, so you know, introduce yourself to them. Yeah, the half elf fighter Westby, who is interested in, in monster battle. Uh, I've got a carriage that we use sometimes with my adventuring group. I'm sure I could borrow it for a weekend. Would be nicer than a, a renter cart. Yes, that sounds awesome. Yeah, let's do that. Perfect. We can work out some details later. Uh, so, Harold, will you make your way over to the Major Solicitor now? Yeah, once that's done, um, just uh, just head over, yeah. Hello again, it's me, your friendly Dungeons & Doctorates DM here, reminding you to follow us on Facebook, Twitter, and Instagram at dndoctorates, and to use the hashtag dndoctorates when you talk about the show. Shout out to Dr. Joanna Jochum or Johanna Jochum, uh, who tweeted about the show. I've used your, your last name for Professor Jochum, uh, who appeared earlier in the episode. Thank you so much for supporting the show. And if you would like your name to appear in a future episode, uh, tweet about the show and use the, the hashtag dndoctorates and then you might hear a character named after you in a future episode. We have a personal message to be read out on the show. This one's being read out by Kate, so I will pass it across to her. Mid-show message time. I've got one here today for Josh Crossbun from Courtney. 
Josh, I can't wait to play D&D again with you. D-Man better be ready for he knows this halfling has a beer with his name on it waiting for him. Thank you, Kate. Uh, I hope that Courtney and Josh can, can get together and get that a D&D game happening soon. Remember, if you would like a message read out on the show by myself, Kate, Ross, Joe, or any of the characters, you can find the link to our Google form via our link tree on our social media and on our website, dndoctorates.com. I hope you're you're enjoying this new arc we're getting into. The next episode will be coming out next Thursday, the 18th of February. So keep an eye out for that on all your social media channels as usual. If you haven't already heard, we have merchandise now uh, at dndoctorates.threadless.com. Uh, check it out support the show all the money goes towards paying things like hosting fees and and those kinds of upkeep costs that keep the show running Uh, if you've got some merchandise and you want to show it off please do that we would love to see our merchandise in your hands do it like placed on stickers placed on stuff wearing our t-shirts that would just make our day remember that's dndoctorates.threadless.com I won't keep you any longer. We'll get back to the episode right now. Back an hour across campus to Meredith. Um, so she whips out her um, her reading list and decides to go um, via the library before she gets yeah gets back to Griffin Hall because there's a book that she needs mm-hmm. that she's been waiting on. Um, so you've gotten to the library. It's now you know some weeks since semester has started and people are starting to realize that oh assessment needs reading and need to do things <laughs> so the library is pretty busy at the moment um before like the mid semesters yeah uh, you're making your way through the the fantasy version of the dewey decimal system working out where this book is yeah uh and you're having a little bit of difficulty finding it on the shelf uh, okay. so you're kind of like eyes up scanning looking for this book um, when you very literally bump into Nora. Oh, oh, I'm so sorry, Nora. I totally didn't see you there. That's fine. Are you okay? I didn't mean to. Sorry. I was... Oh, no, you're okay. Just... I was just looking for a oh, book. Uh, well, I... Maybe I can help. Um. Yeah, maybe. It's kind of a history of artificing. Um, I think it's by... Oh gosh, I can't remember. Hang on. And she scanned her, um, uh, her she'll book look list. Down oh, I know that book. Um, she'll, she'll scan up as well. Yeah, it's actually... And she reaches up onto the shelf you were looking at. In the spot you were looking at, but it was like recessed mm-hmm. in, so it, you couldn't see it from where you were. Oh no, yeah. And here it is. It's um, it's a smaller book uh, written by yeah. a gnome. Oh, here you go. Uh, sorry, yeah, it should have been pulled further up so the spine could be visible. Oh, it's all right. It happens. My next plan was grabbing one of the stepladders oh, over there. Yes. Well, I mean, you were in the right spot. Just couldn't see it. Yep. How are you doing? I don't think I've seen you since we had curry last a couple of weeks ago. Yeah, it has been a while, hasn't it? Yeah. I mean, no. I weren't you at the you were at the party. I think I saw you a yes. week ago. Yes. Yeah. Yes. Oh my goodness, that was insane. That was, right. That was a time. <laughs> 
uh, something else. Uh, thank you so much for your help with that, by that's, the way. That's fine. Um, yeah, so how have, how have you been? Um, things have been... intense. <laughs> uh, yes, um, but, you know, we're doing all right. Chugging along. How about you? Yeah, um, just here, reshoving books. Um, I ran into Potential cool. yesterday. Oh, yeah? Yeah, she was here speaking with Bonin. Oh, yes! Yeah, she was! Yeah, that turned out interestingly. Hey, um, can I ask... She's like, you can see she's struggling with something. You're, you're friends with Potentia, right? Yeah. At least I think so. I hope I so. I think I maybe gave her the wrong impression. Yeah. I've been struggling with something and I think I maybe said something or did something that came across the wrong way and I'm kind of regretting it. Meredith just kind of looks up at her and goes, that's happened to me before. Don't worry. I would, my advice would be just go and talk to Potentia about it. She can be a little standoffish sometimes, but I think with Potentia, honesty is the best policy. She'll appreciate it, I think. Uh, thank you for your advice. Um, I've seen you in here a lot as well. Like, you yeah. do a lot of reading. Yeah. <laughs> yes. Yes, I do. A lot of reading. It's a bit insane. Uh, and you're pretty familiar with, like, the library systems and things as well. Yeah. We've been kind of struggling to handle the repairs and the, the reshelving of books in the underlibrary. Mm -hmm. um, would you be interested in maybe like helping out, volunteering and, and doing some library work? I mean, volunteering at the moment, I've got a lot on my plate, but I think I could spare an afternoon if you're interested, if you're desperate for people. Every now and then. I can't promise regular help, but every now and then I'd be happy to come That'd in. That'd be and really help. good. And and maybe I can speak to Bonin and we can find some kind of paid position if if that's like an issue. <gasps> that would be amazing. But honestly, if you need anybody to come and help, I'm happy to do it. It's just I need to be very careful with my time. Because as you've noticed, I have a crazy reading mm. list and uh, there have been some unexpected extracurricular activities happening. Um, <laughs> so. I know yes. all about unexpected extracurricular activities. She like nods uh -huh. to herself and like deep in thought. Mm hmm. Uh, so, okay. Um, great. Uh, just stop by whenever you have some time and, and... I will. I'll try to, for tomorrow afternoon. How does that sound? Uh, Saturday's tomorrow. We... Oh, is it? Oh, yeah, it is too. I mean... I'm losing track, Nora. This is ridiculous, isn't it? Um, <laughs> How about Monday afternoon? Monday would be great. Okay, let's do that. I'll let you know if I run into any problems. Great. Uh, so you make your way... Or, or with the book, check it out. Back to Griffin Hall. Mm -hmm. Grab the rest of my books and then head over to the Major Solicitor. Okay. So we will catch back up with uh, Potentia. We'll walk in exactly on time as she intends. Meredith is already there uh, with a pile of books on a table. She's managed to stake out 
Mm-hmm. And I've got like a quill in my hand and I'm writing, scribbling notes. As you walk in Potentia, as a couple of people here, it's, it's late afternoon, early evening. Um, so it hasn't gotten like that Friday night busy time uh, yet. Mm-hmm. But there's definitely a few people kind of just milling around. Is there a sign that indicates what time happy hour is? There is not that you can see from here. Would I know what time happy hour is? The reason she's... You do know what time happy can she get a sense of like when like when that is compared to now? Because she's basically doesn't like being in really busy places. So mm-hmm. happy, yeah, happy hour be... is still like three or four hours away. Cool. Um, she's going to go get herself a caffeinated, non-sugar carbonated beverage from the bar. Um, mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. Uh, bracket. If you want to sponsor us, guys, you can put it. Here. I'll insert it here. But mm-hmm. um, yeah, provide you a nice drink made of. Honey and crushed up lemons and lime and natural sweeteners and things. No, she wants a caf- caffeinated, carbonated, no sugar beverage. Thank you. Um, Come on, Ben. The fancy caffeinated, carbonated, non-sugar carbonated beverage. Okay, okay. <laughs> I know. Yes. Um, okay. <laughs> uh, and like in the Veramustus equivalent of a pint glass. Um, and we'll mm. take that over and sit down with Meredith uh, and just kind of look at the pile of books and mentally draw a line to the height of Meredith. <laughs> well, she's basically oh, constructed she like her. a book fortress yeah. Yeah. on this table. As much. It's more about mm-hmm. like her being like, how did you carry all this? Did you do multiple trips? Meredith like, is surprisingly strong. It's more about the like. Maybe she got some help from her. Uh, friends at the Griffin Hall who were also like, hey, can you help me carry these books to the Major Solicitor? And they went, Major Solicitor? Sure. Looking for an excuse. Let's go. Pretty much. And they're all over in another table. Yeah, exactly. (laughs) Yeah, so I just sort of push some books like towards the middle of the table so that I actually have space to put my beverage down and stuff. Yeah, Mm -hmm. And just go, you've been busy. Oh my goodness, don't even get me started, Potentia. This reading list is brutal. You know you don't have to read all of them at once, right? I know, but it's just helpful having them all here so I can cross-reference when I need to and you can kind of see that she's got like three or four open at one time and she's got like little sticky notes and bookmarks and stuff and all the other ones that are on her desk and she's been like cross-referencing all these things. Fantasy sticky notes. Mm-hmm. Um, mm-hmm. <laughs> I just saw your face, no, uh, that, it was It was more the like, are these library books or your books? Um, <laughs> fine. Um, how yeah. are you going to get them back to your office? Given Hall? Um, she kind of looks up at, at the books and goes, and pauses, and then goes, you know, I actually hadn't thought about that. I'm sure someone will give me a hand. You're very, very convincing when you need to be. Yeah, Unless you're trying to get someone shot off their back. <laughs> at which point, Harold will arrive um, with a few other people that you've uh, trailed with from the Card Game Society. Be like, Thanks, Harold. Catch you later. Ah, this is where all the looks of books festivities are happening, I see. Oh, we're having a party here, Harold. It's just so much fun. We're so very party people. It's so very obvious to everyone else in this bar. Mm -hmm. 
Everyone's jealous. Yes. Well, you are the only person here with some books on the table doing reading. This many books. <laughs> this many Not this books. many books, yeah. no, but there are definitely other academics in here doing some reading before the How was your people. game, Harold? Yes, it was quite interesting. Um, they they were playing this uh, variant that I hadn't played before, where instead of playing like one-on-one, you play sort of like as a group against each other. So it's like every every person for themselves and there's there's only one victor but you all have to sort of play against each other at the same time it it has a very um different tactical aspect but it's also quite social of course because you're sort of sat in a in a circle and you know you spend a lot of your time chatting and and things and um yes Sounds no very it was Yes, it was a lot of fun. I'm I'm keen to do it again. Apparently, some some wizards up at the coast are uh, arranging a tournament, and um, we're going to carriage pool and um, uh, see how we go. I don't expect to do very well, of course, but it's not really about that, is it? It's about uh, you know meeting people and having fun. So, of course, it sounds like you'll have a splendid time. She sort of doesn't really understand the like the draw of the car game, but sounds like you'll have fun. <laughs> um, did you get yourselves a beverage, by the way? I wasn't sure what the, the go was, so I just... You can see there's like a whole pile of lavender tea um, around Meredith. She's hoeing into it. Sorry, I just have you like in my head with like a literal pie, like sitting on a throne that is a pile of tea leaves right now. It's great. <laughs> but like moving on. You're so welcome. Is it an acceptable time to get a cider? I think it must be, right? It's afternoon? Definitely. Great. I'm going to get myself... It's afternoon somewhere. Uh, who cares, Harold? I'm going to get myself it. a half pint, I think. Um, just... You know it comes in pints. Well, of course, but, you know, who knows what we're doing later on. I wouldn't, you know, want to be stuck with it. And I'll I'll go off and get myself a half pint. So as you uh, come back, you notice there are a few more people filling in to the, the bar. It is, like, late afternoon at this point. And you notice uh, Michael will come in as well. Uh, and he goes and gets him. He sits at a table uh, just by himself at the moment. Um, I would like to... Assuming that Harold has rejoined Meredith at the table at this point, once he mm-hmm. has returned, I would like to um, excuse myself momentarily and go over to Michael. I don't particularly think we need to play this out, Ben, but um, I would like to have a very brief conversation with him, just sort of being like, yes, I saw you at your mother's establishment. No, I'm not going to broadcast this far and wide you know, that's not something that is a fair thing for me, or your parents' establishment, that's not something that is fair for me to share, unless that is something you want shared. He will thank you for your discretion uh, and invite you to, to have a seat. Um, he's he's waiting uh, to have a, a, a few drinks and a meal with Gore, um, but you're welcome to, to stay until Gore arrives. Well, I, I might, rather than sit down myself, be like, well, would you like to join us? for a moment until Gore arrives. We're just sitting over and I just sort of indicate the giant pile of books. Meredith is somewhere under all of that and Harold is and sort of just gesturing to, to that he's there. 
can you just like very occasionally see a hand like pop up as Meredith is wildly gesturing and talking with her hands? <laughs> is Meredith trying to explain <laughs> something to Harold? Yeah, totally. Something that she's just read that she's very excited about. Well, Harold, you couldn't escape the lecture after all. Mm. <laughs> um, yeah, I'd I'd love to uh, to sit with you while while I wait. Just so you don't have to sit, you know, by yourself. Hmm. Thank you. You're welcome. And she sort of brings uh, him. Yeah, you'll you'll both go right back over to the table and you'll pull up a chair. Michael. Hey, Meredith. How are you? Good. Um. Jeez, how long has it been since I've seen you? Oh, yeah. Did we see you at the? Um, I saw you at the. Um, I saw you at the Bard's party at the Spirit Moon Festival. Yeah, thing that's right. With the were... crazy thing. Oh, that night was crazy. Yeah, yeah. Uh, thank you for helping Haldora with the whole ceiling explosion, floor folly outy business. Oh well, you know I'm. I might only be a cadet, but uh, I think people tend to trust my word about how certain things have happened. Oh, you would have no reason to lie, right? With a smirk. Harold will catch him pause for a moment. Like there's like there's the slightest pause before he responds that Harold notices. No, I I don't lie particularly much at all. Uh, and he, he looks down at his drink while taking a sip. So what brings the three of you here? Just casual drinks, Michael, the usual, you know, although Meredith seems to have bought the entire library with her. So, you know, I did notice. It's how I roll. Mm, okay. I don't mean to pry, but how did you get them here? And how are you getting them back to wherever they came from? Oh, you know, help. Are you, is that, are you asking for help? Nice. I expect someone to give me a hand on the way back. If not, they all know me here, so I can leave them and do a couple of trips. Wait, the bar staff know you here? Yeah. Everyone knows Meredith, apparently. I play here all the time. I didn't know you were getting paid to play here. I mustn't have been here when when you were playing. <laughs> she just kind of grins and shrugs. Um. So the the four of you will have some some light conversation for a while. As Michael keeps, like, looking at the door. Are you waiting for someone, Michael? Oh, yeah. Um, I was meant to be meeting Gore for, for some drinks <gasps> and a meal. Aww. But that's so cool. Gore's one of my favourite people. Gore's one of my favourite people, too. What time was he supposed to be here, Michael? Uh, he looks over at the clock. He was meant to be here an hour ago. Oh. Is he usually on time? Uh, yeah, usually on time. Um, he's, I don't really know him to be late. Ah. Uh, as the, the bar is getting more full of people, you don't necessarily see who it is, but you see the door slam open and people like being pushed out of the way as Sigurd, that gnome comes rushing into the bar mm-hmm. uh, and he's got blood coming down from like on his scalp somewhere, a trail of blood that, that streaks down his face. And he looks over and he sees Michael and he rushes over to him. They have gore. <gasps> Who? The, 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 he rubs some of the blood out of his eye. Who? 